regarding Roger, an oral exploration of Dark Side of the Moon, then and Redux, with Chaz and Wolfie. Why Roger? Why? Why Roger? Why? Regarding Roger. We got the microphones. We don't have the facts. We don't care. We don't give a shit. It's just, you know, it's what we say it is because we're in control here. Like like Alexander Haig on the Everest, Kendall <laughs> Everest mints. General Haig? General Haig. As of now, I am in control here in the White House. Pending return of the vice president. Or, or your favorite guy, why am I here? It kind of goes the gambit from I'm in charge here to why the hell am I here? Uh, <laughs> Who am I? Why am I here? <laughs> Admiral Stockton. <laughs> Our man. There he is. The Admiral making an early appearance. Holy shit. Running right in right to in. this week's episode of Regarding Roger. There's been so much going on in the last two weeks there, Wolfie. I was like, didn't want to turn on the mic until we were ready to go. But you can see it's blink, blink, blink. You've got a lot going on, a lot to report, don't you? Uh, well, <laughs> what, what, what do you want me to, what, where, do, where should we start? Well, your exploration of, you know, you got some Kendall mints. I thought that was a big deal. You ordered those up, you got them. Why don't you tell uh, us yep. about your experience uh, with the the uh, Kendall's Everest mints? It, I mean, it's it's the mint cake experience of a lifetime, really. Um, Are you digging it? I mean, yeah, no, you it's like a mile high experience sure. in your mouth, right? On on your recommendation, um, I had to get a hold of the Ken, Kendall uh, Romney uh, mint cakes, and I, I got both. I got the two varietals. I don't know if you. Oh. Have that. I've had the brown and the white mint cakes. Ah, I've not had the brown cakes. Tell mm. us about the brown cakes. Don't eat the yellow cakes, uh, though. Right? There's a warning. The warning that I've received, you may take it with how many, however many grains of salt you wish, that the brown acid that is circulating around us is not specifically too good. It's suggested that you do stay away from that. Of course, it's your own trip, so be my guest. But uh, please be advised that there is a warning on that one, okay? <laughs> we do not assume that's, responsibility. That's a little, little Woodstock Pink Floyd humor there. Uh, there's a Well, and it don't eat the yellow snow. You kind of got them all in there. That's great. Yeah. But so, yeah, because I can't imagine what would be in those yellow mints as opposed to the brown as you're listening then to Pink Floyd over the last two weeks, huh? Enjoying your Kendall mints. The, well, uh, I don't know exactly what's in the brown mints, Chaz, but I would say after you eat one, you have a mint-eating grin on your face. Oh, wow. Hey, <laughs> is, is that a stain on your lip or are you just eating those brown mints? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> no, I, nice. I, have, I have one of the brown mints and, and very tasty. Are they good? Yeah, what are they? Are they like chocolatey? Or are they I, don't, just I, like... I still can't quite put my finger on what the uh, special ingredient in. <laughs> it makes it brown. <laughs> the secret ingredient that makes them brown? I can't. I mean, I know it's... It's the I'm raw so mint. I can, it's I, raw you know, mint. It's I, raw. But I just can't quite put my, my finger on it. Uh, That's so great. Yeah. Wow. 
man. But nonetheless, a brave soul that you are, you have. But it definitely put a mini eating grin on my face. So <laughs> yeah. You are there. All right. See, and 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 that goes takes us into a, a great, you know, I think uh, way to let everyone in on where we're at. Let's right? talk about so butter uh, sausage. Walking in, tripping and smiling with uh, glee into this week's episode four, EP four, I think, as you like to shorthand them. Uh, I don't. Uh, I like to shorthand them actually. R R. R R four. Oh, okay. Well. Okay, so we we've gone from R L. You can decode that shorthand. I well, I think I can, and it's because it's certainly not because uh, it's Roger not regarding Moore. Roger. It stands for something else. So I don't. Well, know. it's not. Oh, does it? <laughs> Recreational rolfing? I can't. What is it? I, I don't know. What? what no, what I was just teasing. It's regarding Roger. Oh, is that it? Okay, so it's that. It is that. That just plain black and white. Well, that sounds like a stoned hippie. So we come from RL, which would have been regarding Lulu. Uh, Hold on a podcast second. Predecessor. Hold on a second. Hold What's the that? phone. What? Hold the phone. Do, your other podcast, Chaz, what are the initials of that? Yeah, it could get a little confusing with that one. Oh, my God. With the rush rush. Rush rush. So, actually, so I didn't think of that until just right now. And... That's probably not the best way to uh, annotate uh, shorthand for regarding Roger episode four, then. Well, you know, that could make things a little more confusing for me. So if I'm going into my pre-production, post-production, everything's labeled, you know, with a precursor RR. Yeah, that could get dicey. You know, we could end up. We could do triple R for regarding Roger redux. Or we could we could do R ellipsis. Uh, and then it could be S one S two hashtag. Well, no, you don't want uppercase, lowercase characters. No, I don't want to have to get into special data storage arrangements. So let's special just stick with the standard. Special we don't character. want special characters. No, no special characters. So let's keep it clear. All right. So um, anyway, our, I would call it R four, but only on this podcast. If we're on a different podcast. Definitely not refer to it as R4. No, you would refer to it, you know, by its maiden name. Its proper name. <laughs> Redux. Ah, Redux. Or Boneless. This is Boneless. That's what I'm going to call it. It's Boneless because, as we've all said, Boneless is better. And, oh, but wait, we're not no. there, though. No, I think last time out, if I'm not wrong, we kind of got we we went from like you know, like the the bone on Mona Lisa of chicken wings being you know the Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, and then we went to okay, the Redux version is boneless version, but then we had a problem with boneless actually being a better thing with it because it's mm. all white meat and you know mm. it's just like the best part of the bird. So why would you be upset about that? Nonetheless. Yeah. We got to a place where we're like, but he's really not delivering a boneless thing here. He's given us like friggin' road stand, watered down, cheap shit ketchup. Like, you know, high fructose corn syrup, watery. You get it at the Vince Lombardi truck stop after you've used the public restroom there. You go in and then they give you some ketchup at the main building when you get grab a hold of a wiener or something else and a Coke in there. And then, you know, what are you grabbing at the rest stop? 
Whatever you do, you're grabbing it's a your party. The I know. You know, you go in. They got a Nathan's in the place, right? That's what oh, I'm talking oh, about. Oh, the oh, fuck are you thinking? Oh, I, jeez. Where do you I just go you with said, this stuff? You go to the rest stop and you go in there and you grab your wiener. <laughs> well, I mean, if you go into the rest stop, I mean, unless you're doing it hands-free. Like free, I don't know. I'd be going, showing off, doing hands-free. To me, that says you don't need much help. I don't know. If you're not using both hands and you're at the stall, <laughs> hey, I don't know. But anyway, if you're not putting the back story brace short, on before you if go you're in not, there, right? If you're not winding up, you know, when you're stepping up to the plate, hey, what the hell, right? So anyway... You know, we go and get this watered-down ketchup delivered to us in this fuck in the form of um, Redux, right? So that's kind of where we're at. We're like, yeah, it's not boneless, and and we're coming up it's on a classic song here analogy. tonight. No, it's not been very good, but we're just rolling with it. We're just thinking that this is now nowhere near a classic or dark wing uh, version of. Uh, I'd say it's more like. Did you see um, that movie? Uh, that Will Ferrell movie, Anchorman. Yeah, I saw that. Ron Burgundy. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So in part two, Iconic. he's reassembling the team to go on CNN, the, the, yeah. new, the new startup news network. Mm-hmm. And he's getting the guys together. One of the guys opened a chicken restaurant. I don't know if you remember that. The Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. The weather guy. He had, he had uh, you know, left the news business and opened up a chicken right. restaurant. But in order to save money, right? Rather than using actual chicken in his recipes, he was using bats. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but he referred to the bats as chicken of the cave. So maybe the chicken metaphor of the is, cave. Maybe the metaphor, Chaz, stay with me, is the original Dark Side of the Moon would be the classic buffalo chicken wing, bone in, right? And then Redux would be more Chicken of the Cave. Chicken of the Cave. Wow, that that keeps our our uh, reverence of the uh, boneless wing um, where we want it, intact. and really, I think, kind intact. of sets it keeps yeah. it intact. The legacy of the boneless wing being there and being something so glorious that we we both have just come to really appreciate, and really puts this thing right where it needs to be. Yes, Chicken of the Cave. One professional helping another professional because I know what. <laughs> that didn't work out the way it was supposed to. That show thing is grade A baloney. It- okay, so we're not going to get into cat shows, but you know we're right there with the chicken uh, of the okay. cave analogy. Yes, yeah. and that's where we're at because so far we've listened to the you first three tracks. You can never go wrong tracks. with a with an anchorman reference. I guess not, right? Yeah. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. So anyway, we're here looking at the first three tracks of the album. We've listened to Speak to Me, Breathe, and On the Run. Did you like that? Can was I that give smooth? you one more Anchorman? Oh, analogy? go for it. Yeah, let's see if we can find the uh, okay. supporting so, soundbite. The original Dark Side of the Moon makes all other Dark Side of the Moon. No, how, how do I say this? Um, uh-oh. Here comes trouble. The original. I'm trying to get my anchorman analogy here. Like a flaming golden hawk. The original anchorman. The original anchorman. The original dark side of the moon. 
Nah, I can't make it work. Ah. The, the, the line in Anchorman is um, that um, these suits are so fine, they make Sinatra look like a hobo when the guys get new suits. But I, I'm trying to say that I'm trying to parallel that. It's so like fine like that it makes other ones look like a hobo. But I'm not, yeah. I can't get the Sinatra. I'm trying to work the Sinatra in there, too. You're, you got to work it like this. Made Sinatra look like a hobo. There you go. And so your point was? It's so fine. It makes all other versions look like a hobo. Made Sinatra look like a hobo. Bam. Wow. You Nailed said it. it. I'm walking around and talking things me burgundy. <laughs> I could sit here and hit these buttons all day. Bottom line is, for the beauty of editing, you nailed that just a moment ago. So I'm doing this little live thing here. This is nice. I was trying to get your reaction. You're just like, it's like, you're like not impressed. Yeah, I know. I know. Where the hell is he? He'll be here. <laughs> so anyway. Can I address another point, Jazz? All right. Go ahead, Wolfie. I, I want to I wanna harken back to episode three. Uh-oh. Episode three. When I, you know, I kind of... Nailed it in terms of, you know, the, the, the lyrics being a dream, right? A nightmare. And not, right. Not, not, you know, trying to relate some, you know, to reality. And you accused me of researching that in advance. He's and I just want to let you know that I'm still offended by that accusation. Wow, really? Well, so you you really just didn't do any research at all. You just landed I, on that. I you told said, you this I was a nightmare. I told you I didn't, and my word is my bond. Wow, you are. Well, I got to say, um, you know. No, that didn't work. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I could get combative here. I could um, maybe go to the tape. I could... Do other things, but I'll give it to you that, you know, um, it was a genuine triumph. Ah, uh, well, we kind of went through it. I'm just thinking through the sequence of events, the way it unfolded. I can see where it can be argued. And well, it probably, I mean, went, it's not in my interest to litigate this or to spend well, any were, more time. Initially, you were on stunned it. and amazed by how brilliant my assessment was. But then you started thinking, oh, my God. He must have cheated. Well, but then I didn't necessarily go all in on that. While I may have said certain things, I didn't necessarily go and make any claims or file <laughs> any documents. It may have gotten ugly. It's possible. Well, again, I think through the mystery of editing, everyone can, you know, kind of, you know, rest on, you know, just understanding that what made it to the air was suitable for airing. And there will be no further action taken with regard to statements that may or may not have been made or clarified. Other than the legal actions of my attorney. Well, no, the one over here is just whispering in my ear to just, I've said enough. Next, mm. move on. Okay. 
No. So did you get to that brilliant discovery of it being a nightmare? Uh, yeah, we unpacked the damn thing. It unfolded like a friggin' nightmare. I thought what was funny was that we, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, it starts, I woke from a dream. And we just both kept going like, duh, he didn't say that at all. And I thought that was kind of a funny revelation until you did get to your revelation. So I think the effects, uh, the, the effects of the uh, Romney's the Everest the Mints... Yeah, the effects of the offense are null and moot, and because where we got to was a place where we uh, both kind of liked the spoken word tracks uh, that Roger's delivering. We don't really want him to sing anymore, and it will be interesting to see what he does with a song like Time, which is really a rocked up kind of uh, song that comes in at 6 minutes and 53 seconds, so the original is long. And so, yes, so it's the longest one so far. It's twice the length of anything on the uh, on the album to date. So we're going to kick back here. I think we should get started because, you know, we all love time. And it's got that really cool sequence at the beginning that we'll love to talk about, of course. And maybe we should just get going over it because uh, as we let it run, it's going to come in. We know they do this incredible synchronization of the clocks ticking. Bells ringing. And this general psychedelia begins. Get your mints. So apparently all in the key of F sharp. It's the saddest of all keys. <laughs> F sharp minor. That's what I meant. Yes, sorry. So, yeah, everything starts in that key. Those clocks. And even the little musical notes into that whole passage. that we are listening to um, the album version at 6 minutes 53 seconds the radio edit that you would hear sitting down in a uh, we didn't say that they'd be sitting in a buffalo chicken wings but we said you, you probably could hear this the radio edit in a buffalo chicken wings on rock radio comes in at are 3 minutes are you referring minutes. to the buffalo wild wings restaurants? that might be yeah so a track like this the if you're the three minute, 33 second version, I think you would hear in that establishment. Yep. Classic rock radio, right? Yep. This is yeah, a staple. Yeah. yeah, man. Love it. So talk about that intro. Does uh, anything memorable, uh, significance uh, for you in, in hearing that again? 
This is a beautiful thing. Isn't it pretty cool? Yeah, I like it. Just an amazing uh, synchronization. What I'm sitting here pondering as we're listening to that is that Dark Side of the Moon as a record was 42 minutes and 53 seconds in length. That's long, man, right? That's very a long ass record. Very, very long. And you look at, so this is actually, so this is like one of, so this is the longest track on the record. Oh, no, it's not. I take no, it back. Not. I'm sorry. No, shit. Okay, so it's got us and them at 749, this at 653, then money at 622. So, geez, the big money hits, the big money songs off of this record are all over, holy shit, at least six and a half minutes. Wow. Crazy, right? Yeah. Awesome, man. They're long. Yeah. Um, can I can I uh, interject? Uh, Please do. Yeah. occurs to me. Sure. Um, yeah. Just... Slight diversion, but but kind of interesting that um, the astronaut Frank Borman passed away uh, last week. Um, You're going to have to commander... tell us all about him. Okay. Did you read about that, Chaz? No, I didn't. You're going to have to tell us all about him. I, this is somebody well, I don't was, know. He was uh, the commander of the Apollo 8 mission. Okay. And, uh, you know... Um, fighter pilot all around astronaut type dude uh back in the 70s during those missions right Mm -hmm. and all around cool guy and um the reason i bring it up is you know the album we're listening to of course is is dark side of the moon um during commander borman's mission um to the moon uh, I think that mission was the first mission to orbit the moon. They didn't land on the moon, and okay. he never walked on the moon. But they, but they orbited the moon, and they got a, a very famous picture, which became um, immortalized on a postage stamp, and apparently is also used as the symbol of Earth Day, the uh, you know the the holiday, the the whatever the 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 day that's that's that we celebrate for earth day um they took a picture out of the capsule when they were orbiting the moon of the earth rising above the moon ah yes okay sure i didn't know that the earth rise yeah sure so that famous yeah that's a famous um, picture yes i didn't realize that was commander commander borman uh who just passed away um forget how old he was 90 or something he was old um and uh sure yeah he didn't he didn't take the picture but he had one of his crew members was taking some pictures uh out the window and he said oh we got to get a picture of this the earth rising up uh from behind the moon and so he sort of art directed the photo if you will and they got that immortal shot of from the dark side of the moon, watching the Earth rise. Hot damn. And that was in 1968. That was a wonderful tie-in. Wow, man. Yeah. You're doing so, some homework. A little bit, little bit of news. A little bit of, like it. Little bit of 
moon, a little bit of dark side of the moon news, but not. Well, it really is. And that's pretty cool, man, because that picture is actually credited with helping to kind of be uh, the, the imagery that helped really get the environmental movement going because it kind of showed how lonely and isolated we were in space. Yeah. Just us just out there. Yeah. That's very significant. Pretty cool, man. Yeah. So a little, little bit of moon news. It's all dark. Hold on. Wow. Very cool moon news. You know what? Maybe we should integrate that as a regular feature. Moon but RIP, Mr. Uh, uh, I guess, astronaut. I don't know if it's Commander Frank Borman. Commander, yeah. I, yes. I, yeah. RIP. Commander Frank Borman. Rocket Man. He he had a he had an, another career uh, as a lot of the astronauts uh, I think went into commercial aviation. Oh, but did he they... didn't he go into boneless wings? Wasn't he one of the guys that was doing research? I I think yes, I think he was integral in, in Huntsville the development. Like <laughs> with chickens, boneless he's, he's chickens. He's more noted for for actually another job that he did after oh you know what the, the freeze dried astronaut chicken boneless chicken no it, it they put in the packs for the astronauts chicken. that's what it he not, was doing. it was not no? in the field of chicken oh fuck okay wrong yeah. borman wrong he borman was the, he was the ceo he went to work for eastern airlines and became the ceo eventually oh okay you probably remember as a kid you may or may not remember as a kid he used to do the commercials for Eastern Airlines where he would utter the very famous cat tagline, we have to earn our wings every day. Oh, shit. You're kidding. That's Commander Borman. Wow. You know what? I mean, of the era, that's when you're knocking batteries off of people's shoulders and you're, you know, like, mama mia, that's a spicy meatball. That's the golden age of uh, television commercials, man. Hell yeah. Some good stuff. Some creative Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. So that was him. Neat. Some nice trivia you brought in there, Wolfie. Yeah, a little bit of news. A little news Well for done. Today. All right. Thank you. So back Much to the track. We're now running out of get, time. Commander Borman also gave a very um, famous and a historic address from the capsule, uh, I think orbiting the moon, uh, on Christmas Eve, 1968. Really? Do you know it? Do you know what he said? Well, 1968, as you'll remember, uh, was a, kind of a dark year in, in history in the United States. People, especially. people died that year. Some Robert noble. Kennedy and Martin Luther yeah, King yeah. Both, both were assassinated that year. And the oh, Vietnam so it didn't War, just die. Yeah. And the Vietnam was War was raging and we were taking heavy casualties in that and had and, and a lot of turmoil. And um, the, you know, uh, the, he gave the, an address, uh, you know, from... The capsule and wished um, everybody on Earth, um, you know, a happy holiday and peace. And um, you know, it was it was um, sort of a moving address on that Christmas Eve. You know, with this historic flight and this historic orbiting of the moon and sort of taking things out of our everyday. Um, earthly existence to you know to a, literally to a higher plane and people you know sort of credited him somebody he got there was a telegram that they they talked about in the news stories uh in his obituary that 
um, somebody said uh, that he saved he saved uh, 1968, you know, with that address. Oh wow! Because it was such a terrible year, and and it was such a you know beautiful moment and accomplishment for these astronauts and and his his moving address to the people of Earth uh, from space. Sharing, you know, Christmas goodwill and that uh, yeah. spirit of the holiday, and I understand. Yeah, spirit of the holiday and peace on Earth, and, and right. Um, you know, from that really sort of notable and historic vantage point that he was um, making that address from. You remember the astronauts used to sort of do those broadcasts when they were in space. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. During our time, it was from the, you know, from the, the space, space shuttles, shuttles, but absolutely a space station too, as well. So yes, I know people very close to those things. And, but yeah, certainly growing up as a child, experiencing all that. Absolutely. So yeah. Um, and I think if I'm not wrong that, uh, so yeah, I was, I was down in Huntsville, Alabama at the space center there. And I believe that Christmas speech that you're talking about is like on a continual loop down there in the museum. I think that was like a pretty big deal. It was a big uh, deal with regard to public relations and outreach, even for like the entire space program. So, like again, yeah. like at a very critical time when everything was being questioned, like you said, because of the war and politics and you know, yes, uh, all the upheaval. Yeah. So, right. A lot more important like that, that whole idea of unifying and bringing people together. But uh, interesting that it all started for him from the dark side of the moon. Yeah. It's uh, like, you like how I did that? Oh, that was, that was oh, brilliant. It, I think, yeah, I think that the space program um, in some ways, yeah, it's interesting that you, the way you you put it about you know, questioning it and stuff. And is it worth it? Is it worth yes. the investment? What do we yeah, really get out well, of it? Post-Kennedy. And, and there, yeah. there were, I think there were a huge number of developments that actually, um, you know, paid a lot of dividends, um, technological, right, developments that came out yeah. of the space program. Things I think like GPS and internet and stuff like that were all. Yeah. Things that were starting to break as, around that time. In, in NASA, I think yes. a lot of that R&D and development was done. So all really that DARPA pay. money, baby. JPL. Can you imagine life without GPS? Ooh. Can you imagine life without JPL and GPS? Right. And all those other things that we have and take for granted in our phone. This wonderful device that gives us the, you know, compiled knowledge of phone. mankind uh spatial coordinates uh can geolocate us can get us into and out of uh the most incredible things and yet we it is a true love hate relationship we have with these things and i bet you mr waters probably one that is really i, I mean i wonder where he comes down on cell phones i bet he's given an opinion somewhere along the way um but you know what i mean you I was, know, the so, point i was going to make Chaz, was that, that what was it in some ways this the space program and i think that speech by Frank Borman is emblematic of it, um, operated for, for us, at least in that moment and and, and probably in many, um, in, it, almost analogous to the way the royal family does in the UK. You know, it's like... Oh, yeah, serving it, up. You know, it, it obviously, as I said, it has some practical applications too, but it also is just sort of a a unifying it makes people feel good it unifies them around something bigger and you know it serves that an interesting it served an interesting 
role in American history and yes, and what you just said. Society. Absolutely. Yes. It makes you get you out of yourself and makes you part of a collective, something bigger than yourself. And that's, you know, was very big. And we all kind of needed that particularly then too, right? So you think about it for everything you said as we started off with everything. And that when was going when on. when Queen Elizabeth passed away, uh what was that last year, I guess. Um, yes, was, I was in I was in England when that happened. Yes. You could, I mean, you could see the impact that, that, you know, even though she didn't, you know, she wasn't, she didn't have a, a real active role or constitutional role in, in, in running that, that uh, country. Um, but, but the impact was just massive in terms of, of, of how, how the people in England and the UK felt at the passing of that queen, you know, because it was such a big thing for them. Yeah. So I was standing in the shadow of Dover Castle when the queen passed. And as the rain cleared, double rainbows appeared over Dover Castle at the same time that they appeared over Buckingham at the same time they appeared over Windsor and apparently at the same time over Balmoral. So, yes, I was there on the day and was there for the first 10 days of their national mourning that led up to uh, her funeral then uh, and uh, my arrival coincidentally an hour afterward right in Westminster right there at the center D-Day of it all and quite a journey quite uh, a national disruption yes um, life did go on and the country's very well split down the middle on the need for the monarchy but to your point they all rally around our queen particularly when she died and after a life of such a, a long dedicated life of service and you know and I think the the transparency of the crown over you know her entire life has just kind of proven right that I mean she lived it on display and even what was behind closed doors apparently you know ended up becoming what was on display and it just was who who she was she was England she was the United Kingdom and uh, it was it was an incredible thing to be there through that um, and now I think Charles has uh, taken and um Actually, under him, I think the monarchy is kind of making a rebound, which is funny because uh, there were many people at the time of her death that were ready to go, you know, do other things and go about their own business and leave the empire. Um, but I think he's actually doing some good for the crown and doing some good with the crown. And I think that's what people want to see is if the crown is doing good, then they'll support the crown. Because why? But to your point, they can come together around something. That's a national rally for, hey, look at how great we are. Absolutely. We're England. There you go. And as my my uh, Pembroke Welsh Corgi comes storming into my office, I don't, I, I no, I don't have a Anglophile, uh, what is that, a predilection? Not a, Did your dog have a all. British accent? No, that would be insulting. And I can't do it. But if I had a British accent, I think I would want the British accent from the Midlands. Because it's really, it's it's kind of what I would call upper working class in terms of the way I hear it. I could be totally wet and wrong on that. And, you know, like my friend Steve from uh, the UK, from uh, Scotland. I think you're all wet. You think I'm all wet? All right. What one do you want? You probably want to be Kensington. You're a little hoity-toity, I've noticed. Yeah, I, and you're, you you really? come from like a blue blood line, right? So you've got a name to uphold. 
Yeah. I'm a purebred. <laughs> You're pro purebred wolfy baby. But you've done a good wolf. job of diverting us away from, from the dark side of the moon. Yeah. You have done that, yeah. but that was a great, wonderful discussion of astronaut Frank Borman. And they see that's what's great about the regarding series of podcasts that started with regarding Lulu, that people can still go out and hear on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as we've discovered. We were we we may have disappeared from <laughs> regarding Roger might not have been on Apple Podcasts for a couple of days, but it's back. And, we're back. We're back. But Lulu has been there the whole time. And there was such an up, uproar among our there fan There was base. an outrage. It was, was Richard Fetter, 69, from Fort Lee, New Jersey, uh, who wrote in and said, hey, WTF, can't find you guys on Apple Podcasts. And it was like, well, get your head out of your ass, Richard. And then it was like, oh, wait a minute. No, Richard's right. <laughs> so Dick Fetter, 69. Thank you, Dick. There was an uproar among our fans. And 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 we got that straight, and now we're good. So we are there. We're also on Google Podcasts and Podcast and Pod and this and Pod that. We say and all those right. And well, wherever we are, we're creating a ruckus. We're we're just always. People think it has something to do with the mints. Um, I don't know. You Mom, can't confirm or mints. deny. They're the wonderful Everest mint, right? They made the ascension. Oh. They were there up on high. With the commander himself, right? Yeah. That's it. So it's not, so. it's, it's, and, and we're just, we're going to pause for a moment and enjoy a, a Mint Romney moment, right? When we say Mint Romney is our man. Yeah. So, okay. A, a quick word from our sponsor. There you go. And that was nice. So now we're going back into the Pink Floyd being all minted up, freshly minted, as freshly it were. Freshly minted. Freshly minted. As you is like our. That? You t- you're playing uh, uh, your freshly minted uh, vinyl version of Dark Side of the Moon today, right? Oh, that one. It's you know what the the final grams of the black. Uh, the the you know so they measure the the album uh, by the the vinyl, the grams of purity. It of wasn't material. as pure. We melted it down. We went to snort it, and we just said no. You know what? No, it can't do it. So no, today we're listening to Spotify. Oh, and okay. yeah, so it is what it is. Of the ten sorry. tracks that are loaded so in there, that make up really, the friggin' the album is not really freshly minted that we're playing. No, but we are. We're freshly minted. We are, now. We're we're minted. Yeah, we're, we're minty. minted. We're, we're minty ready, fresh, and we're ready to resume into the <laughs> six minutes and fifty three seconds of the original. Because again, we don't know yet because we have not done any research ahead of time. We're not political I, and we're not correct. And, and and I'm still a little bit upset that you, you know, <laughs> you think I may have violated my pledge. You may have broken the Rogercratic oath, but the we are not, oath. but we did not file charges. At the end of the day, you skated. So you might be a little offended, but no harm, no foul. We're not calling you that's, in. We're not tough. asking that's you tough. questions under oath. We're not getting you all upset. H- how do I get making how, you say things that how do just I get make my it good even name more back? obvious? What's that? How can I get my good name back? Well, you know, I mean, ah, I think it, it from all it of takes, this slanderous yeah, here, accusation. Here's what it takes. Well, it shit. takes time. Well, well played. 
come on, listen to this. You wish you could sing like that. just listening to the two guitars and the keyboards and everything going on in there man what's standing out to you what are you hooked in on and jamming on um i was actually um focusing in on uh the bass playing mm. raj you're in on raj yeah so are you impressed you're digging it what's he doing there for you you know I felt like it was pretty straightforward, but 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 very nice. Okay, but you know but, we don't do that uh, a lot. Well, we don't talk about Roger's bass playing at all. I don't think no, we, we haven't. haven't. Not so, at all. I don't so know yeah, why. you're a bass player. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. I play a little bit of bass. And wow, and, you slap at a bass. Well, hey, bass. okay. Wow, I'm gonna have to call you out. What the hell? You have not been standing up for your brother on the no, bass. No, my brother, bass player. Your brother slapper, the bassa, bass slapper. Wow, you my need to have a have a slapper. Need to slapper you around. So, all right, <laughs> Mister Bassman, Mister Four yeah. String, Mister Four String. <clears throat> um. Mr. Master of the Four String, tell us about this man's bass playing. This is just nice. Hmm. Yeah, it's. I think it's it's grooving pretty solid. Um, not fancy. I mean, um, I feel like that's sort of a signature of Pink Floyd is that they, you know, those grooves just are so rock solid. You know, they're thick. They are thick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 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 they're not. A lot of times they're real, a lot of simplicity in the music, you know, uh, where they, uh, where they just really hit it, hit, hit a note or hit a groove hard, you know, and they don't put anything, they don't make it unnecessarily, you know, complicated or, 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 you know, I don't know. That's the way I feel about it. 
Well, I mean, I'm thinking back, right? So we, I mean, you know, of, so we're at the fourth track now. This is the second one with bass because there's really no bass in Speak to Me or On the Run. So Breathe, um, that slow song, I'm thinking there, there's a pretty, um, I don't want, I'm saying, I'm using the word remarkable in that it's a distinctive bass line. I mean, if I was to hear it, I would know, oh, that's Breathe by Pink Floyd. You know what I mean? I think Roger has written some very memorable bass lines. Well, you like but... that bass line for money, right? Oh, eh, come on, right? So, I mean, yeah, we're not getting into the rest of the record yet. One of the base, best bass lines of all time is the fucking bass line to money. But, I mean, even, you know, like like to the point that, like, beyond that one, the doom, da, 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 that everybody knows, I've never really stood back and said, wow, he's such a great bass player. To me, he's always Roger Waters, that cool voice that comes in at the right moment and gives us all the angst and the agony and everything we're fearing. And, you know, all of that id is like Roger Waters, not the bass player. Right. And even with the cool bass line, I attribute that more to I'm sorry, I've got the separation in my mind. I almost don't consider him one of the musicians. He's like the lyricist. He's the lyricist. He's the, well, yes, in, in such a big way. In your right? mind. Yeah. And of course, he's always stood there with the bass. But, you know, then, too. Now, when I was growing up, by that point, I saw I was lucky to see Floyd before they broke up. But then when they did break up, I saw Roger a couple times on tour. I saw Floyd alone, and then I saw Roger on two of his tours. I saw him on Radio Chaos, and then he did another thing, and I forget what that was. Wasn't as notable to me as Chaos, um, but nonetheless, right? So, and then he wasn't exactly standing behind the bass like for those shows. He was like doing everything because then it became the Roger Waters experience, right? So, kind of went beyond his role in Floyd. But yeah, kind of funny that I've always just because because like the Floyd man, it's always just so much bigger than the four guys. Like like I think there was some outtake that maybe we'll put up in a B roll one day. But you and I were going through one of the first episodes, and we were on the wiki page, and I started reading off all these musicians saying, "Holy shit!" And we were both like, "I had no idea they were in this." Oh my god, those the four guys. And then we were like, "Oh wait, we're on the new record, the new version." But there's like always something. Yeah, so they weren't there, of course, and it was a confusion. But um, like, you know, Floyd always seemed to be so much bigger is than just than the four life. guys yeah. because of the sounds that they were making. Right. Yeah, it's so a huge sound. It was why it was so easy to go. Oh, well, shit. Who knew that this is in that? And oh, I didn't know that was buried in there. What the fuck? I mean, I guess we're going to hear and then Oh, no. Uh, OK, we'll edit that out. So, but nonetheless, it was that close to saying it because it was so funny because yes, the, the Floyd is so expansive and huge. And like with what we just heard in that brilliant fucking, one of the best goddamn guitar solos of all time, I'm sorry, is what yeah. you're hearing in this song. And it's just going to get better. Like where we, where we stopped. I mean, I felt bad cutting it off, but like, even with what we just heard so much going on in the mix, especially like. During the Pink Floyd experience of having the headphones on there, dude. So, right. I mean, just like you could, you were focused in on the bass this time. Well, you yeah, because, be you know, you in... always focus in on that, on the lead, right? Well, right, right. That's but why even... I was like kind of drifting to, you know, think, go a little deeper into the, to the recording. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's cool because like, here we are, how many years later after we both discovered this? Kind of both going, hmm, yeah, there's so much here we can go deeper with. So uh, let let us go on. But uh, 
what a masterwork just in terms of the production. Again, Alan Parsons behind the board on this and just the separation. Again, like I'm hearing so many distinct guitar parts. I'm hearing a couple of different organs. And as I was looking at the credits, um, that was actually, I've always wondered who was the second voice on this one. So the first voice is Dave Gilmore. The second voice is actually Mr. Richard Wright. So I didn't realize that he was the, uh, so over this part where, you know, they got the background, uh, the woman, you know, come in, Ooh, ah, every he's day the woman. Is, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's that woman. He's that black woman coming in. no. Uh, he is the main vocal through there, which I didn't oh, realize. Oh, okay, no, that's and nice. I've seen them do that's this live. Mistake. I didn't realize that. <laughs> well, it's like one of those things when you see Floyd live, the lights are usually out and they're very starkly lit, so you don't know who's singing whatever. And then no. I'll tell you. It, so the one time I saw them, Richard Madison Wright could Square, be a woman for all we know. I mean, the light is terrible. R.I.P. Mr. Wright, Mr. Wright, pronouns he him. Yeah. R.I.P. Little respect for the dead, there, buddy. Yeah. You know, now Mr. Waters, I don't know. He strikes me as maybe, ah, uh, who knows? Who cares? Anyway, mm-hmm. he's going to be an ugly woman. No, I mean, that's all I would say. But anyway, it's all good. What, whatever they want. Hey, to do whatever, whatever floats your boat. The time is hey, absolutely we? fine. No, this is a judgment free zone. Oof, I hope so. Especially from, you know, a guy that likes it boneless like you. I mean, you know, no judgment here. Always sending me those pictures and those texts. I got the texts. You talk a lot about the Mona Lisa, but I get these text messages from you with the pictures going boneless and you got the, oh, you're all boneless, all white meat. So, you Mm -hmm. know, anyway, we'll go away from that controversy. (laughs) Exposed. Exposed like we are about a little more than halfway through this track called Time because we're on this uh, mission to listen intently. sing along that is not Richard This would be Richard.
man. Oh, love that song. Were you getting a little raga reggae kind of feel in there? I was not. No. That bass line, you weren't feeling that? I wasn't, no. No. Not there with you. You, huh? You were. I'm feeling it. Why can't you feel that? I'm amazed. I don't know. You're just looking for it on the one. Looking looking for it on the three. You're not you don't listen to a lot of reggae. You're not into reggae, especially not playing bass. Just like once a day, every day, all day long. And that's once a day with your bass, and then you play with your acoustic yeah. guitar as well. So um, there's, so there's a Wurlitzer electric piano going on in there. So I love the way, um, and then he's got one of those EMS synthesizers going on in this thing again as well. Um, but I love the way uh, this song, the way the use of the synthesizer really accentuates the bass and goes boom, carries it right through into the next bass note Right. So home, boom, home again, do, 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 a boom. Right. And it just the way it just constantly comes back right at that moment. What a strong accent. Right. So the idea that it took him this long to get to masterfully using those things as instruments, holy shit, on full display in this song. Masterful use of synthesizer here. It's and I think. Work. Well, because so many of us think about the guitar, right? I mean, everything just so stand out. So I, again, agree with you, too, that I think there's some bass playing in here that I didn't really appreciate before. He's really, he's well, jamming in there. And it's he's not, not just you, floating along. Well, it, no. I mean, it's, as in a lot of their music, it's it's very core and central to, you know, what makes it so good. But it's not, there's nothing flashy about the bass playing. No, no, not at all. It's just there. There's a and lot of flash in the guitar, though. It doesn't get flashier in terms of Dave Gilmore's playing. I mean, I think that's as, uh, you know, as aggressive and as um, uh, understated as he's capable. I mean, it's both the ends of the spectrum with him. And so, you know, what was really interesting was hearing hearing the Dave Gilmore influence in Stevie Ray Vaughan's playing and hear Stevie going from that real, you know, get, getting uh, into the, the space where Dave is much more, um, you know, where he's very economical, using very choice notes. A lot notes. of space. Yes. And then Rip Roaring. Yeah. And then blending that with Texas And then letting it rip. That's Dave. Right. And yeah. Dave's was screaming on this one. This is a, the perfect example of Dave's aggressive playing, which is nothing like Stevie Ray's, which was like really interesting because Stevie could nail that really mellow aspect and then bring his thing to it. And wow, and then, it goes and then, together. And then let the fireworks go. Oh, shit. Yeah. And it works. It's not contrived. It's really like, wow, that's unique. You but know, the, that, yeah, that to me made him is, a great is, artist. Yeah. The bass playing is pretty understated, but, you know, so critical at the same time you know yeah it's there well like all those pieces i don't know that like you know um i don't necessarily know that like listening to it over a, a car radio when i was a kid you know am radio if it was on right being played when i was being shuffled around into school um I, all you're hearing probably would be that guitar 
and uh, the bass coming through with some of those keyboard pops, right? So yeah, you don't you don't you can't really make out the bass lines distinctly. Not per se, but it's there. It's it's on carrying a very it small nineteen seventies uh, car radio, right? And that's AM really where radio. we were exposed to this. And then the cheap shit stereos. I mean, my parents didn't have really nice hi-fi systems, so. Wasn't until my, I my was mom into and cassettes. Dad I went to college in, in Boston and my dad got some AR speakers and some some hi-fi equipment up in Boston, which was oh, yeah. kind of the capital of hi-fi stereo equipment back oh. in those days. Remember that's so. where that's where all those Cambridge Soundworks and Acoustic Research and Bose, of co course, they all came out of Boston. Yeah. AR, you mentioned them, yeah. Our friends over at Audiophile Voice would be uh, uh, very willing to engage in a conversation on all of that. We have a small shop here in Fort Collins uh, uh, where uh, I'm quite sure we could get into that conversation with the gentleman over there. Um, you have to go in by appointment. So we did have, got we all the five buys. And... We had a little bit more hi-fi equipment when I was little than maybe you did. Yeah, we didn't have much. No, we had one of those Sears, one of those big all-inclusive systems that had the speakers that fold out and hit your liquor cabinet. So, like, you know, you take the speaker off the front and it's like, you know, you roll them out. And then there's the speakers and then there's the liquor behind it. And then you open up the top and then you can put the record on one side. And then you had the, the glasses and your mixers and all the other shit on the other side. So it was a combination bar and hi-fi that was my grandmother's so yeah no we had fun we stuff had stuff straight out of boston straight oh, out man. of compton yeah we had the stuff straight out of straight out of uh sears and roebuck yeah. straight out of illinois so here we are into the present time and we see that we're getting Fast a little forward. we're getting some bonus time here it's a little longer as we feared it is seven minutes, 19 seconds on Dark Side of the Moon Redux. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are quite a few people on this <laughs> version. So, uh, funny enough, there were, uh, in addition to the four boys on the original, uh, there were uh, four extra musicians uh, providing backing vocals. So there were four distinct voices that we heard. Um, this time out, uh, we're going to be treated to Roger's core band. So we got four guys, five, six, seven, eight, nine individuals on this version. Going to be really interesting to see what they do. I can't even, yeah, I'm I'm beyond like guessing at this point because everything that we've heard so far has been so different. It's shocking. Well, I mean, like he didn't really even, so like what he's done with it, speak to me, breathe and on the run. I, I'm not really getting continuity other than his, I mean, are you getting it yet? Are you getting like he's he's teeing up to tell us some bigger story from the, the eyes of the old man? At this point, we had... Well, maybe he is. I mean, he's telling us... Uh, he had a nightmare. Seems to be saying, hey, I'm old and, and you know, listen to me or something. So Hold my finger. All yeah. right. Well, all right. Let's give him the time, shall we? <laughs> you like that? Like, yeah. Uh-oh. So funny. Uh-oh. The voice had been there all along. He's back. Hidden in the stones in the rivers. Hidden in all the books.
of reason. Don't like the dissonant piano. Ticking away the moments that make up a dumb <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. afraid of that as we're looking at this and got the intro and says verse one and it's the same lyrics i'm like oh no he's gonna sing it now so he projected saw that coming ouch oh and it's longer oh fuck i did not like the dissonant piano i thought some of the other stuff was kind of cool like i would be like oh that's a cool alternate version like, you know, we've done that, um, playing alternate versions underneath us as we're talking. Um, there are several out there that are really good. People have reinterpreted this stuff over the years and done a much better job than he's doing now. Oh, fuck. Anything else that you want to complain no, about? No, I, 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 I <laughs> we should listen a little bit more, Chaz. All right. Before we jump to too many conclusions, let's give oh him my a God. chance to, to, you know, let's, let's listen to what he did. All right. Do you want to hear that part again? I could rewind it. Yeah, bring it back. Let's hear it right. without the talking over it. Okay. Give him some respect. Show some respect for your elders. <laughs> R.I.P. Roger's career. <laughs> oh, I don't like that.
I couldn't get to it fast enough to hit stop. Oh my God. Wow. Where are you at with it? I thought it was I thought it was nice. Really? Yeah, it was it was real mellow, real chill. Very. Yeah. Oh, I like I like the I like the organ and the and the groove and the you know I thought the instrumentation sounded good the bass and the drums and it was just and even his vocals didn't bother me as much as on the other track that he was singing. Um, I thought his voice was sounded a little better, a little more on. Um, okay, and so no, I don't think it's you know it it, it certainly isn't an improvement no but it's it's very different too and um you know it's it's much more it's very mellow and chill and you know but it's well it's I, I, i'm sort of carried along by it a bit i'm, I'm not Are bored you? with it and it okay. doesn't i don't find it offensive in any way i Ugh. think it, sound, it sounds good to me well, I am just looking for my ten of men's uh, pants to change into here because I'm just uh, getting so relaxed. I'm afraid I'm going to lose control of my bodily functions because, holy fuck, what the hell? This sucks. Oh, my God. Uh, but, you know, I digress. Um, man, no, I mean, oh, God, I would... I. I want to be high, highbrowed and high cultured here and be right there with you, but he is destroying this. I am not digging it at all. Um, I'm trying to appreciate the different sounds that you know. So I'm trying to appreciate the music by itself because I don't know the singing sucks. I, I think you're you're trying to um, poke fun at it, is what you're. Trying the to. singing is horrible. Come on, this is terrible. It's practice, dude. I would rather be listening to Lulu. I'm not kidding. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is gonna make me fall asleep. I mean, like, thank God we're not in the car. Oh God, I'm gonna have to put a warning on this one. Don't listen to I this just, one in your car driving to work may, because may, fuck, maybe you just went through the, three minutes. It's gonna Kendall, put you right to sleep. Maybe it's the Kendall Mint, but I'm, uh, I'm very chilled out. Ooh, 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 ooh. I'm oh, fresh man. and minty, and I'm ready to chill. There's I'm just, licensed to chill. There's a lot going on in this, man, even for such a chill thing. I mean, I was trying to count the number of fucking instruments, man. They got that Serangi thing going on again. I thought I heard a, a theremin in there, and I did. So there was that little kind of harken back to the psychedelic sound, but that that instrument, you know, which is the the Jimmy Page, do, 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 do. Uh, Does the Roger the same. have a license Do you know what a theremin chill? is? Do, do you know the theremin? The, the no, instrument. Oh, maybe. Yeah. So That's it's an electronic musical where... instrument controlled without physical contact. You yeah, manipulate the yeah. sound waves. Yeah. So I thought I heard that going on. That was in there. Yeah. Uh, so I love Very that. Tracy Guns. Tracy Very Guns groovy. from LA Guns out there still using one in live performance today. New record just came out this year. They're kicking ass, taking names. You know what? They're they are, you know what they're doing, Greg? Mm -hmm. They are kicking ass and Chewing gum, and they are all out of gum, baby. What, dude? L.A. Guns. They're kicking ass and chewing gum, and they're all out of gum. Fucking know it, man. But they got wow. plenty of weed. He's got plenty of weed and edibles. He posts that shit on Facebook all the time. Yep, Tracy knows where it's at. So anyway, this thing, dude, lap steel, 
in addition to just generic keyboard synth and organ. So they're not calling out anything special that these guys are using. But um, there are there are like four synth organ players going on keyboards, like all these guys. And then there's a lot of percussion going on, as we know. How come Roger's um, not playing the bass parts? He's he's just singing, and this is the thing, right? This is all like this whole thing is about his crooning. I, I'm really kind of getting the, the crooner vibe in, in this song, right? I kind of was, and that's totally. not a place that Roger Waters will ever embody in my headspace. No way. So too loungy for you. Fuck yeah. Well. Oh God! Like if it's you not were in that like Roger a... Waters can't do loungy well, I believe he can. He's not doing it here. I believe he can do something like this well. But he's not really trying here. I think the novelty of the project—he's allowing the novelty of this idea to somehow be the feature here because he's not really trying. I don't think because I think if he was, he would do this much better. I'm a big fan of Roger Waters. He I needs think to apply as, himself. Listen, I I may come come off on this as like, you know, douche and everything this guy has ever done. My problem with what he's doing here is I'm such a big fan of his prior work. I you hold like, him to a higher standard. I hold him to a much higher standard. He's Roger fucking Waters, man. He's a living Paul McCartney, but he's not. He's Roger Waters. Okay, so he's of that uh, stature in my mind. They don't get bigger. And these guys, he's a giant. Roger Waters, David Gilmore, fucking Paul McCartney, Mick Jagger, Elton John, uh, Brian May. Put them all in the same school, man. The royalty of British rock, right? And so it's like, gosh, for him to Did be, you, this in, is almost stupid. Was it an accident or intentional that you left Fuck. Ringo Starr out of that? <laughs> well, he was still on the floor. After all these years, he still can't find the door. Yeah. Poor guy sneezing in the back there what's he up to he's not it's not fucking lollipops <laughs> that's all i'm saying no that's hey, the, not the all-star that's not dip, dipty stick no that powder on his face it's love, not candy love the all-star band yeah i actually just saw a video of him um posted out and he was uh they were doing the big encore and he sounded great i mean you wouldn't know that this was 2023 so amazing we live in a time wolfie where fuck you got the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, uh, one member of Pink Floyd. But like, think about all these people putting out new music this year. Crazy, right? It's like, man. The, I, I was I was blown away by, you know, the the Stones' first album in 17 years and, of original new music. And and the songs are just, they the guys sound incredible. Mick As sounds incredible. As we heard all through the opener of episode two, we are there with, uh, with away. the Hackney Diamonds, man. Talking yes. about British royalty. Hell yes. But Glimmer twins. I, well, and I don't know. Have they been knighted? Are they sirs? I don't know that they're sirs. I don't, I don't think they, they are. Ever, no, they never made it. But they, it doesn't mean they shine any less brightly. Is Roger a sir? I don't know. I don't think he is, actually. Because it would say Sir Roger Waters, wouldn't it? Yeah. Of the I MBE. I think it would. Yes. Uh, I do not see that professional designation anywhere. Um, but nonetheless, here he is doing this record time. It's, uh, to me, an absolute uh, horror show. Let's just finish this, please. <laughs> 
Rip the band Put us off. out of our misery. Rip the band-aid yes. off. It's getting shorter. Never seem to find the time. Plans that either come to naught or half a page of scribble lines. Hanging on in quiet desperation is the English way. The time is gone. The song is over. This is on purpose. So, dear Mr. Wall, I think it's interesting, right? That with what we're hearing through the songs are the sounds of nature. So we've heard cicadas, we've heard so the outdoors. We're hearing so. Uh, um, was there an environmental message to Dark Side of the Moon? Well. As you started us off, Greg, talking about Mm -hmm. Frank Borman's photograph. Ah, interesting. The whole concept. Uh, Yeah, I, well, I wonder, are we getting to, they were saying that there was like, what, uh, like you should be concerned. I mean, was there a big environmental message in Dark Side of the Moon that we missed? Hmm. We 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 can uh, we can think about that. We can. Well, we're starting that. to speculate. Four songs yeah. in, starting to sense out a theme without doing any prior if research. If he's giving us some, is... some some new some new meanings, unearthing some some deeper hidden meanings. Well, if it was that it was so deeply hidden that that's you know because remember then nobody what we heard. Well, he said we missed the point of the first record, so he had to do it over. So is this it? Like, oops, sorry, we weren't as overt as really our message was time is running out for the planet. Uh, hmm, I don't know. It will be interesting. I'm starting to sense that. So Roger is that kind of artist where he's signaling. And now, I mean, this is the fourth song. And so there's an environmental theme going on in the background. There's no doubt at this point in my mind think about it 
right? Everyone, we've heard some kind of chirping or outdoorsy. There is something about our natural environment that was not in the first record. The first record was all about running around being, as you said here, ooh, tying right back to bringing our boys home brood on that train to Babylon. It was all about the modern world keeping up, right? So we heard we heard uh, sounds of uh, birth. Is, is it heard true, sound an astute, an astute listener could have, could have heard a little bit of uh, Train to Babylon in the background of episode three? You know, you might have been able to hear that if it was if you were astutely listening. Yeah. If you were the astute listener. If you were an astute listener. It, well, the astute listener. You're assuming mm-hmm. we have more than one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyway, okay, so, um, you know, other than that, man, no, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I know, maybe I overreacted a little bit. <laughs> but come on, that was horrible. I mean, he actually started sounding more like Roger Waters toward the middle and the end of the song i was actually starting to key in on his voice there's something about the way he starts this it's just that's not classic waters to me i don't know what it was but hmm. by the end it kind of got there maybe it was when there was like there was like a woman singing with him right um was there maybe that's what it was it but it was just yeah i and and i did like where the the, the strings were coming in to yeah, you like that accent. little cello part. That right? little, yeah, that was cool. That was that was that was tight. You know, it was pretty neat. But you know what? Oh, I think I know what my overall problem so far is. Is that when we listen, especially now, when we listen back to the original and hearing all the stories about how it was produced and understanding that so much of that stuff they had to the timing was so intricate they had to do it live they could only do it right you know uh and and, you know in in all these special circumstances and and um this one to me i'm hearing pro tools i'm hearing like modern recording technique i'm not hearing they had to do it all live and they were all being pushed to play their best and that's what's coming across no i'm hearing is like this is casual laid back and they're using a lot of pro tools and i'm actually it actually his voice the separation the, the so he's he's obviously multi-tracked the vocal and it seems gimmicky it seems like he's trying too hard to be pink floyd with this here separation of his vocal because I was hearing it on both sides, and I was hearing two distinct voices singing at the you know at the same time. I was hearing the synchronized, but they, yet they're a little different, right? Were you hearing that? Were you feeling it? Mm, I wasn't really hearing that so much that it jumped out at me, and 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 I didn't, you know, I, I yeah to to that in terms of the technology and you know, I I wasn't hearing anything that terribly interesting to me going on in the recording right to me what i was saying especially more at the beginning you know it was just kind of grooving along kind of in a in i thought it was pretty you know nice way you know it wasn't offending me in any way i actually almost had the reverse um that i felt like the vocals were stronger at the beginning and then they got like it's such a low register that they became less and less interesting. 
That's that's cool because okay, yeah, right. Different takes on it. So, and and obviously, uh, depending on where you're at with you know what what does that you know the Roger Waters sound mean to you? I can totally see where you know. I mean, you know, to me, I just generally prefer where he ended up versus where he started here. But that is certainly an aspect. It's always been an aspect of of his vocal styling. You're right. And and to do that to go from a, a you know one place to another within the context of the song too, um, not not unheard of with him at all, um, like Mama or Mother you know the song we were talking about a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago or last went last time, um, but I mean so many other examples of where he's the vocalist and does that stuff. But you know my problem here is that obviously he's not the original vocalist, so his attempt at it really. I don't know, maybe after two or three listens, I can sit back and enjoy that more. And that's the thing that we haven't, you know, really talked about much either is that I'm not going back and I'm not listening to this after we've done the episode either. I'm waiting until we're done. And then I'm going to go listen to the whole thing again. Like we'll do a retrospective and we'll do that. But then I saw it'll get at least two or three more listens before I'm like, okay, I'm either totally done with this. And by that point, I'll either like it and appreciate it more or be like, nah, that was a toss off and throw away. Don't need that. Don't need to listen to it again. Um, I think though, one of the things is he he has to like just taking the vocals uh he has to just you know well, that's really all he's doing completely different right that's all he's, he's doing it. yes that's all he's, he's lifting. just completely different right that's the only element his his vocal parts and the lyrics that's it that's all we're getting out of that original bone in mona lisa chicken wing baby this boneless version is truly pretty boneless. You know what? I'm kind of going back to the boneless analogy, although we were kind of saying that this is now, <laughs> what is it? Bone off the chicken you of said the boneless cave. boneless is better than the original. So you're <laughs> saying off- now this is better than the original? No, 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 no. <laughs> this is the, the chicken of the cave? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The chicken, chicken of the, of cave. the cave. Yeah. He's, he's corrupted our idea of boneless. Because so that, with, that the original one is so full and so rich. And this one, to me, it's just, yeah, like, to me, like, the connotation of, like, it sounds like Pro Tools is not a good thing. Like, that, to me, is just, like, you can tell. It's just, like, mm-mm. And it seems a little gimmicky. Um, I'm, yeah, first impressions are not good. But, you know, there were first impressions where I've uh, totally trashed something and come around to totally loving it. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I know that's happened, you know, in, in all of my years. And what's it been 50 years that this thing has been out. And so part of my life for 40, 42 years, 40 years, at least. Right. Gotta be. So. Solid uh, yeah. Solid. So at this point, I'm feeling like I got brain damage. He's wrecking the damn thing. Destroying his legacy. No, I'm not that far. But he's certainly not created a boneless classic. <laughs> this is shitty ketchup at the best bone. Chicken know, of what the is cave. it? Chicken. Of, well, maybe it's even boneless chicken of the cave. Ooh, is that even worse than the original chicken of the cave? I don't know. The bat is not the meatiest of all birds. <laughs> no flying but, mammals. I want, what do you think they taste like? Does it? Do I it dare say? Like does it? I, I was. I wanted to ask. 
It's like I'm gonna have to throw page. a sound effect in there. You know what? Have, have you noticed that the running gag is is that when you overtly make a joke, I do not support it with a sound effect. Have you noticed that? I don't no. know that you noticed that. I was no. doing that on purpose to get your attention, but nope, right over your head. So now I'm gonna have right to start throwing me. in the rim shots and the other comedic support. Yeah. I was trying to be. There was a really dry humor attempt to get at you, but you're just like aloof. I'm oblivious, yeah. You're fucking talent. You just show up. I don't know how you can say that when you're standing here chugging beer. You just roll in here. You just say, okay, I man. Gig, I got, and I roll and Now you've even got your own mints. Didn't wait for the holidays. Went and no. just took, took oh, the sales right out of Santa's the... fucking sleigh. Really? If Santa's Santa sleigh gonna... is powered by sales, they no longer was, have was Santa going to bring you some mints, do you think? Well, uh, Santa was like even surprised you were on the list, but he said, okay, I'll go with it. He's inclusive this year. Tough year. He's including everybody, right? And fucking A. But now he's got something else. Shit. Oh, well. Okay. You might need to get a Rush Rash t-shirt from that other podcast. Rush Rash. I heard they're moving into merch. Might be getting into some merch over there at the Rush Rash podcast. Right now, they are pushing the merch from Danforth and Pape. And uh, they're pushing the merch from their friend uh, Steve Brown over at the uh, Moving Pictures uh, Scotland. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, so I don't know, Greg. You know that we're all about the merch over here. <laughs> you know what? Be you bum. Be you bum. That's going to be the first hat. You know what? Be you bum. It's going to be embroidered over the over the the breast pocket, where you can keep your. Tin or now they come in convenient little. You don't even need the stinky tin anymore, right? Foil package, right? Very nice. Put it right in your pocket on the go. Just don't on put it go. in your ass pocket because then you'll have an ass full no. of creamy mint <laughs> liquid. <laughs> Did I tell you about pocket. the, the brown ass pocket mint full cakes? of cream? Like Can I tell you about the brown mint cakes? <laughs> you did. That's why I was like, you don't want to do that in your white shorts, right? Don't want to go put that in your ass pocket, sit down yeah. for a few hours at the club, stand a up. mint eating grin on your face. <laughs> and 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 a seat to uh, support that. Wow. What is that secret ingredient? <laughs> in a retiree's shorts. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, brown mints. I didn't know they made them in brown. There must have been a reason they weren't selling those at the base of the Dover Castle. That's where I was when I acquired my uh, candy. They're not real popular. It it was short. Well, I'll tell you what. They didn't have them over there at Dover Castle on the day the Queen died. Um, They had the the white. probably a damn good reason why. Oof. Wow. You don't want to go there. Ah. Wow. Do you think? Well, I know he did. I know Roger spent time in New Jersey. I saw him at the Brendan Burneria. That's right. Radio Chaos, Radio Waves, 1986, 1987. Yeah. Saw Floyd at the Madison Square Garden on the evening of a full lunar eclipse. So, yeah, pretty outrageous. My my history with this band goes way back. So, Mr. Waters, what you're doing to this record so far? Uh, not, Not really worth the time we're spending, but glad we're doing it for you, the listener. Yeah, because we're always here, isn't that right, Wolfie? We are we're, glad to we're be of service. To take one for the team. Woo, taking it, taking it in the shorts, in the keister for Easter for the team, right out here. And we don't even celebrate Easter, so go figure. That's service, oh. service with a fucking smile. On regarding Roger, and so R R four, as we call the episode. 
Well, you call. I call it that. You call it RR4. I forgot what I call it. I'll have to go back and listen to the beginning of the episode, and then I'll remember. And But until then, we're just eating chicken wings and having fun out here with our bros. Yeah. Until next so where, time. Where do we go? Where do we go from here? Chad? We go to track five from here. The great oh. gig in the sky. Nice. Five minutes and 47 seconds. And we're always hopeful that something wonderful will happen. We are. And, you know, uh, hopefully we'll see the sign from the street that says Heinz 57 or Roma, symbol of quality. And we'll know we're on to something. But to this point, no, man, it's been it's been, uh, you know, it's like getting getting mustard on your shorts at the fucking uh, condiment stand at Costco. You know what I'm saying? It's, like, it's just it's like grabbing your wiener at the restaurant. <laughs> I went in for a fucking churro. I came out, somebody grabbed my wiener and gave me some <laughs> shitty ketchup. I don't know what to do. I, I got to go take a shower. I'm terrible. Oh, I got to fall <laughs> apart. Uh, help me. You got to be careful in some of those rest stops on the Jersey Turnpike. You, know you definitely do, man. You definitely do. And right. you know what? Watch out for the guy in the little red Porsche. That's all you, I'm you, saying. You, you, you hop off the the the, the turnpike, and, and you just want to go in there and grab a wiener, right? <laughs> At Nathan's, you want to go grab At Nathan's, Nathan's of course, yeah, Nathan's, and a little coke, and get out of yeah. there, right? Quick, you yeah. don't want to be hanging around. What's the deal <laughs> with those little mint cakes that they put in the urinals, though? They're not candle cakes. They are not Everest candle cakes. Don't eat minty, those, aren't they? But while well, they're blue, they're blue. That's all right. I would imagine that tastes more like I'm no. I'm thinking cotton candy. Oh, like you've never tasted one of those urinal <laughs> yeah. cakes? Jazz. Come on, you know they smell like cotton candy. It's deceiving. They shouldn't fucking do that. In, in they one shouldn't your... do that. You know how yeah, long it takes t- that dye to come off? Do you know how long it takes that dye to come off your face? I, I actually don't. Yeah, well, long time? you know, out of your teeth. Come on. Fucking hey, you bite into one of those things. Out of your teeth. <laughs> you must have been partying pretty hard that Woo! night when you decided to eat well, cake. I went in to go, I just wanted to grab a quick wiener. I was on the way home. <laughs> wanted to grab a quick wiener and some Coke. We have a a, a long time drinking establishment in, in town here uh that- called Viva Zapatas. Oh. And and I don't know if you remember that place, Chaz, but uh, in Saugatuck, in the Saugatuck area. Of, oh, no, uh, I just remember going down and grabbing a dirty old duck dog. You want to talk about grabbing some dirty wieners, dirty uh, water yeah. wieners down at the but duck. They had the uh, so the bar was downstairs and they had restrooms, the men's room upstairs. Oh, boy. Right. Because it all and rolls downhill. They used to put ice in the urinals. And so the joke was always, why do they put ice in the urinals? And the joke was to keep the beer cold. Nice. Here we go. We're going to go through the Deep Dive Podcasting Network, featuring such shows as Backtracks, Aerosmith Revisited, uh, featuring myself and Scott Haskin, Backtracks Theme Music, featuring myself and John Mariano, The Ultimate Catalog Clash, featuring myself and Kevin Brown, talking uh, Bill Collins' era Genesis. We're almost done season one, uh, about ready to pick the band for season two. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Of course, Kevin also does uh, the Tom Petty Project. Uh, I think they just did Learning to Fly this week, which is one of my all-time favorite Tom Petty songs, so go check that yeah. out. Uh, the aforementioned Seaside Pod Review with Kevin and uh, that motherfucker Randy Woods, uh, the Cardinal of the Church, or go fuck yourself. Uh, Scott Haskin also does a show 
about Uriah Heap called The Magician's Podcast. We have Nate and John at The Deep Purple Podcast. The Simple Man at Skinnered Reconsidered. Terry T-Bone Mathley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Paul Joan David at In the Lap of the Pods. That podcast is wrapping up uh, before the end of the year here. So go check them out before it's too late. Uh, Andy and Mac uh, do a show called Hawk Binge on the band Hawkwind. Then you have Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z. Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast. Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast. George and Hattie at the Judas Priest Cast. Clay and Riot North by South Podcast. That's Canadian music versus American music. Check that out. It's a heck of a lot of fun. Greg and Jonathan at So Far, So Pod, So What. Talking all things ABBA. No, I'm kidding. Of course, they're talking Megadeth. Quinn at and Volume for All. Sav, Nick, Stephen, Mark at the Rock Roulette Podcast. Then we got the Chazerific shows. Chaz and Greg at Regarding Lulu. Of course, that show is wrapped up, but please uh, catch up. Uh, on all their old episodes, especially if you hate your ears. Then we have Chaz and Chats at Rush Rash and Chaz and Wolfie at uh, Regarding Roger. That's Roger Waters. And that one will be coming up very, very soon. And of course, we uh, ask you all to support all of our friends in the podcasting universe, including You're All Doomed, a Friday the 13th podcast, the Sean Geek and Fast Fret podcast, the DLR cast, the Bogus Otis show, soon to feature one Sammy Hagar himself. Pot of Thunder, the uh, recognized symbol of excellence in rock and roll podcasting, booked on rock with the legendary Eric Senich, dissect that film, and Three's Company 2, a rewatch podcast. Rest in- oh, and with that, folks, we will see you next time. Have a cold one on us. <laughs> nice. Way to go. You need to go up on Beyond Rush Rush. That kind of humor. Am I booked on an episode of Rush Rush? I didn't. I, I think I did book you, didn't I? In January or something? I did, yeah. I think you're the first one back to kick off the new year. I think that's the way it should be. Um, let me see. What did I do? Did I stop recording? Stop recording. <laughs>